uncut, and unfiltered. More sports now with J.P. Peterson. Presented by FanStream Sports. Download the app today. What a great conversation that was with head coach uh, Jason Lane. That was a lot of fun. We're going to be uh, featuring a lot of those coaches that are making a difference in our community here uh, over the next few months. So nominate somebody. Tune in. Hit me up on uh, Twitter at FanStreamJP. All right, let's head down to the concession where the World Golf Championship is being played this weekend in our own backyard. How about that? The great Bob Herrig uh, joins us now, senior writer, golf writer for ESPN. What's up, Bob? How are you? I'm doing fine, JP. How are you? Good. I guess it's uh, it's kind of a somber time um, around the golf world. I know you've been down there talking to a lot of the players. What uh, is there one player that you talked to that that impacted you the most? Uh, commenting on Tiger, I think several of them have. Um, you know, they've. Uh, uh, I think, like the rest of us, were in shock yesterday when yeah. when they were seeing the news and 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 wondering if it was true and. And then fearing the worst and, you know, seeing him emerge from the surgery and, you know, be awake and alert and everything, but yet knowing, knowing what he faces and, uh, and how now once again, you know, the guy is going to be away from the game, you know, possibly for a long time at, at a point in his career when he should have just sort of been allowed to enjoy, enjoy it, Yeah, you know, um, he didn't need to do anything else. He didn't need to win anymore. Uh, 45 years old. He should have been able to play whenever he wanted and, 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 you know, maybe gear up for the, uh, you know, for the, for, for the tournament or two a year that he might be able to compete in. And now he's facing this and, uh, it's, uh, it's a tough one. Bob, do you, uh, uh, what what was the sense of the players just in terms of what they wanted to know? Like, was it mostly about how bad are these injuries? Can, will he ever play again? Will he be able to, you know, be a play with his son Charlie, even not competitively? Were were they were they interested in what happened and why it happened? What what were the the questions that they were thinking about mostly? I think it was more, hey, you know, they want him to have a have a family life. They yeah. want him to. They want him to be able to enjoy himself. And, and look, when he had the surgery for the back in 2017, originally that's what that was all about. Mm-hmm. It was quality of life. It was, a, it was a quality of life issue. He was in distress. He had difficulty, you know, getting out of bed some days. It wasn't easy for him to do mundane things. And he wanted relief, you know, and he got it. And... Uh, while, uh, you know, we've seen here over the last year where the back was giving him some problems again, mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily going to be debilitating to the point where he couldn't do other things. Right. You know, playing, playing golf at a highly competitive level is probably, was probably going to be difficult for him going forward regardless mm-hmm. because he can't put in the time to practice right. like these guys do. Uh, but that doesn't mean he couldn't, you know, gear up here and there that he couldn't certainly enjoy having casual golf with his son or his friends. And, and, you know, now this, you know, look, he's, you know, who, who knows what this all entails and how serious this is, you know, but you, 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 you gotta believe he's weeks, if not months away from being able to try to walk. And then, you know, there's all kinds of issues. I mean, we're talking about, you know, multiple broken bones and, uh, and and an ankle that's bad, and and who knows what else that they're not telling us, frankly. Right. 
So it's a um, tough situation, and, um, and, you know, I think these guys, you know, they just feel for him. They, they know what he went through to get back, and now, you know, they know it's sort of been taken from him again. Uh, Bob Herrick joining us here, uh, ESPN senior golf writer. You know, Bob, I was, I was listening to Gene Ojahowski um, talk about Tiger and kind of his transformation over the last few years, and, and nobody has seen this closer than yourself. And, and maybe you could just talk to that because, you know, there was a time when, when Tiger was in his prime and he was so laser-focused that, you know, he wasn't the most um, affable person in the world. He wasn't as easy to deal with with the press. And to me, just from afar – He's totally turned that around and become so much more human and I think so much more likable, not only to the players on tour, but the general public. You know, I saw a little Instagram thing he did with Dwayne Wade a couple days ago where he's just smiling and enjoying playing golf with everybody and doing different things. Uh, and it just it, it just talk a little bit about that metamorphosis and, and what you've seen in Tiger over the last few years. Well, I think it's it's clear that when he came back in 2018 after the fusion surgery, he 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 had an appreciation for what he had had and for what he might have been losing, mm-hmm. and the, just the ability to come back and play, he was thankful, and so he embraced it differently. Um, first of all, all those young guys, they're the ones you know in South Florida, Ricky Fowler, uh, Rory. Uh, JT, Justin Thomas, uh, Dustin Johnson, to some extent, some Kepka. I mean, they kind of inspired him to get off his butt and work. You know, they, they were the ones who were saying, come on, let's go play, let's go practice. And, and he, got, he got into the fact that, that they were interested in him. And then he took, he took an interest in them. He started to help them with their game. He started giving them advice. That's something he would have never done 15, 20 years ago. You know, he was not gonna. He was not gonna let anybody in. He was not gonna be friendly with the guys he had to try and beat. He decided to be friendly with the guys who he was gonna have to try and beat, who were 15, 20 years younger than him. And uh, you know, they appreciated that, that immensely. I mean, you know, Justin Thomas was emotional yesterday. And Justin Thomas is 27 years old. He's what? He's 18 years younger than Tiger. Yeah. You know, uh, it's uh, it's per, you know it's. I mean, Tiger's probably closer in age to Justin Thomas's dad than he is to yeah. Justin. Yeah. So, so it's uh, you know clearly he had made a mark on those guys. They had the ultimate respect for what he accomplished here in these last couple of years. Uh, Bob Herrick joining us here, ESPN senior golf writer. I know you've listened to a lot of uh, medical experts, and everybody's just guessing at this point. But what's what's the consensus that you hear as far as? his likelihood of coming back and playing competitively? Because really, we, have, we still don't have any idea what this crash did to his back. And, right. and that's the biggest issue probably more than anything because you can't play golf if you don't have a, a solid back and a solid core. And I can only imagine what this wreck did to that. I have a feeling we're not going to know these, these answers for a long time. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, I, I don't expect his... his team himself to want to release much information um that's typically how they are i mean when he had the microdisectomy in december first of all they told us on uh around like the third week of january it had happened three weeks earlier they, they, they took three weeks before they told us wow i mean so and that's that was supposedly something fairly minor 
you know, mm-hmm. um, it, uh, it, it, it was something that, um, you know, that, that you stop there and wonder like, why would they sit on that? Yeah. But that's kind of, that's always how they've been. Tiger's not been forthcoming. You know, Tiger's like the football player doesn't want anybody to know his knee hurts. Exactly. Yeah. You know, except in golf, nobody's going after your knee. <laughs> yeah. You know, so he's, he's just, just a private been, guy. Always has been. He he's just been odd that way, and so for something like this, you know, I mean, even the spinal fusion, I mean, it it's taken over the years. I've asked him things, and he and he'll give something up. You know, you just never quite got to the bottom of exactly what went on. Mm-hmm. And so with this, it might be a while, and, you know, I, I, he's, I'm sure he'll say all the right things. He'll say things like, you know, look, I need to get back to living a normal life first. I have no idea about golf. You know, I'd be surprised if he came out and said, I'm not going to try. Yeah. I would be surprised, you know. But I think that will be done in private. We won't know much about it. And, you know, slowly but surely, maybe at some point he tries to work his way back. I think you have a great point about the back. Yeah. You know, uh, how was it injured worse in this? You know, I mean, that's, you know, it's like you, he rolled eight or ten times. Yeah. You yeah. know, so thankfully he had a seatbelt on and, and the air, airbags deployed. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's and, – and, you know, look, engulfed – you got to be able to walk five, six miles a day, yeah. four days a week, five days a week. You know, you just you can't. You know, we take it for granted, but that's you know that's going to be an issue too. Bob, he obviously is a great historian of the game, and um, as as are you. And it's interesting that there are some similarities here to to what happened to Ben Hogan, and he was able to come back uh, from a severe car crash and and have some tremendous moments. Do you think he can use that as any type of uh, inspiration, or uh, how, do, how do you think that figures in, if, if at all? Uh, well, I, I, I agree that it's it's uh, uh, Tiger can use it as inspiration. Uh, there, there's a couple of differences. Um, Hogan was probably six, seven years younger when that yeah. happened. Uh, you know, I think he went on to win like what. Uh, six or seven of his nine majors yes. after that. Uh, but he also played an incredibly limited schedule. Like, I want to say in 1953, when he won three majors, he only played like seven times. Wow. wow. And it's very hard to do that in this day and age. Yeah. The field's so you, much deeper. You're going to have a very hard time being competitive. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I mean, look, you know, Tiger, you know, he just, he's, his, his mind works differently than most of us. Yeah. You know, he might want the challenge. He might enjoy the challenge. He might, he likes getting in the gym. He's already in great shape, which helps him overcome this to some degree already. You know, he's not an out of shape, right. you know, 45 year old guy who's like going to have to really kill him. So, you know, he's, he, I'm, I'm sure the moment they let him get in the gym and start lifting and doing exercises, yeah. he's going to do it, you know? And so, um, I, I think that if that desire is still there, then sure, you know, but I mean, you know, you could also think maybe, you know, there are parts that says, man, I have done this long enough. Yeah. So you just wonder about that. I, I just don't see him admitting that right away. I think we're going to be a while before we get to that point. Well, he's always going to have to pour himself into something. I, I think we, uh, you know, Tiger, he's just too driven. 
Um, but that may not be his golf game. It may be his kid's golf game. It may be, you know, um, it may be designing golf courses. It may be, is there anything else you think that he would pour himself into that could take the place of this uh, for him? It's hard to see, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, he does have a lot of things going on, but they're kind of they're kind of intertwined with his golf career. Yeah. Um, now, listen, maybe he gets more heavily involved in his foundation, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, you know obviously near and dear to him, uh, which uh, and he's raised a lot of money for it. But to continue to be able to do that, uh, you know, you, you've got to be prominent in some yeah. way. Yeah. How else? What better way is there to be prominent than to, than to play out here? And uh, so uh, he's got that, and, and you know he does have his design business, but he's he's I don't I've never sensed that he is going to dive into that like Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer, right? Right. You know, like a second career. I mean, that is a a side thing for him. You know, maybe one or two courses a year type of thing i don't i you know maybe maybe it changes he, he seems to like it he seemed has seemingly done well at it the courses that he's had completed have been well received uh but um uh, you know uh that is and, and look he's going to be a high price high profile endorser just like jack and arnie of course, have yeah. been or were forever yeah so so there will be that you know Bob, I guess uh, you know we're all talking Tiger, but it kind of lost in the shuffle of this. We got a like almost a major championship in our own backyard at the concession. Um, a, a unbelievable field down there. Uh, what, what I know they're not allowing fans. I think it's just members from the concession, so people you know don't go knocking on the door to get over right. the golf course. But um, what are the storylines this week out there? Yeah, you know I think they have forty-eight of the top fifty. Yeah, in the world, Tiger is actually number fifty, uh, and uh, Paul Casey, who's two-time defending Valspar winner, didn't get to defend last year, is also skipping. Uh, but um, you know, it's this is kind of the, the time where we start to see these guys come together a lot. Yeah, and uh, this is this is uh, taking the place of the event that had been in Mexico. They couldn't play there. They found a great place to bring it mm-hmm. uh, for for a year. Uh, looks like a really hard course. You know, certainly it's a hard course for the average guy. We'll see how these guys handle it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it kicks off four straight in Florida. So, you know, next week's Arnold Palmer, then the players. You know, the Masters is right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, so things are going are gonna to be ramping up here quick. Are you, I expect DJ to, to, to uh, be prominent, and uh, Brooks Kepka is there as well, and I think he's going to be playing – I've been told by good sources, good chance he's going to play at the Valspar. DJ's already in for the Valspar, so I think, and that's going to be now in uh, late April. So it's going to be a hell of a field there for that as well, right? No question. Uh, you know, I, I think the date change does them good. Yeah, I think, uh, think so too. Because you know, this year, this year, the date they had last year, last couple of years, followed the players and was before the match play. Honda is in that week this year. And, and I, I just think they're going to take a hit in terms of the field. Yeah, uh, It's just impossible when you've got this event, you've got the players, you've got another world golf event on the other end, plus Arnold Palmer's tournament. It's just really tough. So the, the Valspar is going to be three weeks after the Masters and three weeks before Perfect. the PGA Championship. Yeah. Perfect timing. Guys take two weeks off after the Masters if they want, come back, and then they can maybe play Quail Hollow the next week, get in two tournaments, uh, take a week off and play and play the Masters. And, of course, guys will play 
other weeks as well. But, you know, in terms of, like, what's the perfect time to be, I, I don't think you can ask for a better time. And, you know, obviously our weather will be warmer then. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure the course, the copyright course, is going to still present a pretty, pretty good challenge for them, which they like. It's yeah. not a birdie fest. It's not a vomit off the tee driver course. They got to think their way around, and it uh, it usually it usually always gives us a nice, you know, a nice uh, finish on Sunday. Cannot wait for that as well, uh, Bob. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate your your insight on all this, and uh, I think I'll be playing with you on Monday at the uh, at the media day for the Valspar. So sounds good. Man. And I guarantee I'm going to shoot about twenty strokes less than you. It's a guarantee. Yes, you will. You know yeah, why? There's no doubt. Because I'll be no leaving doubt. after fourteen. To go do the uh-huh. show. So. <laughs> there you go. Now you might have done it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt that. Doubt that. Thank you for your time, partner. I'll see you on Monday. Thank you, sir. Right. Be well. The great Bob Herrick there, ESPN uh, senior golf writer. Um, yeah, that is your Valspar update, by the day, by the way. We're going to be out there uh, Monday. Monday. We'll be doing our show live out there on Monday, Radio John, in case you didn't know. Uh... Yeah. And uh, I think I'm playing with Bob. Adam Humphreys, former Buccaneer. Mm. I think he'll be playing with us as well. And um, not sure who our fourth is. Is Humphreys still in Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I I think so. He had a good year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he played all right. I mean, it's, it's, it's. (laughs) Hey, there wasn't anything. Tony, you're such a downer. Come I'm on. I'm not. Well, I'm a realist. You know, if you do, if you play, if you play well, I'll tell you. you play, in my you're opinion, you're a realist. Do you want me to tell you how I can debunk that real quick? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So PFF dogs Josh Allen, and you talk crap. You know, you try to say he's all good, which I agree. But BFF comes on and dogs my boy Kyle Trask today, and you agree with him. That makes no sense. Well, I've never been a fan of Kyle Trask. Everyone knows that. Well, he will be when he gets to the league. <laughs> I hope he's good. I hope he has a great career. I'm really interested to see how he's going to play. And I, 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 I think he has to get into a good system, though. Has to. Yeah, well, he'll have that chance, you know, because he's not going to be a top draft guy. He'll have a chance to go to the right system. Um, yeah, just good, good, fooling around in New Orleans. We don't want no Jameis Weymus. Get him out of here. You're very anti-Jameis. I've never liked Jameis, even when he was a yuck. Guess what? He's going to be your quarterback, <laughs> Houdat Nation. No, he ain't. Yeah, he is. Unless no, they, unless yeah, they trade is. for Mariota. They and, don't want Mariota uh, either. And only pay $11.4 million. They're going to pay Jameis five. $5 million? <laughs> No, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't want to see Jameis in New Orleans. Well, he's already there, and um, they love him, and I think he's going to be your starting quarterback next year. Maybe they. Uh, maybe now they're blind. <laughs> <laughs> so. The Saints need some LASIK. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> By the way, update. Guess who scored the first goal today for the Lightning? The, the, the rookie. rookie. Ross Colton in his first NHL start five minutes into the game. Takes a rebound on a fantastic Hedman wraparound and pops it in the goal. How about that? Speaking of Victor Hedman, he's got uh, the team leading in assists. That was his 14th. <laughs> this dude's amazing. When's the last time uh, a defenseman... Won the MVP. I'll look that up right now. Look that up. He he's gonna do it. He is such he is such a. I would you, we go back to the first Columbus series when we got swept and he couldn't play and I kept telling everybody was so dumbfounded. Uh, and we all were. I get it. But I was like, look, look, Hedman was injured. He couldn't play. And when he played, he was he was not good. No, uh, he was poor. he was. But they want they knew how important he was, so they tried to get him out there. And we're we're just not of all the 
players, Vasilevsky included, I think Hedman's the guy. Oh, yeah. He's definitely the straw that stirs he, the drink. He does for it all. For real. Uh, the, the MVP of the Bolts, for sure. Uh, but to answer your question, the last time a, uh, a defenseman won the Hart Trophy, which is the MVP trophy in the National Hockey League, 2000, Chris Pronger. Good Lord. <laughs> wow. Been a while. Been a while. And before that, for whatever reason, Blue Liners just don't get much respect from Hart voters. Pronger remains the only defenseman to win MVP honors since Bobby Orr in the early 70s. I was going to say, say Bobby Orr was the last one to do it, but, but yeah. All right, uh, we'll take a little break here. We'll come back. We'll give you a little bit more from the Jason Light Bruce Arians press conference today. And uh, I think we got a couple other little surprises I want to get to as well. So stay with us. Quick break. Back in a moment. Oh, 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 oh,